Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going, Matt? Uh, good, now that we got all our uh, technical issues fixed here. <laughs> always fun. That's, all, that's always the fun part. I felt like we did such a good job of, of getting the, the technical workflow figured out last time. Like I was pumping in music left, right, and center. And... <laughs> if you have all kinds of time, it works. When you're, when you're like, it's the one one-hour slot in your day you can muster. That's when it fails for like 20 minutes, right? Yeah. Cool. So today, uh, we were going to talk about Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That that game to me is more synonymous with like kind of like nerd culture. <laughs> like any yeah, other it's game. yeah, like that in in Warhammer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Warhammer is the one where you paint your figures, right? Yeah, and Warhammer Warhammer is definitely a much uh, uh, a larger investment. You need to have space with a giant table. You, people who like paint the models, like if you yeah. look at the really really crazy people, not crazy. What's the word? Crazy fan, passionate people. Um, yeah. The amount of time and effort they put into painting each and every figure, wow. Like that in itself is a second job for me, for people like me. Um, but yeah, magic is is relatively uh, low barrier to entry. Uh, <laughs> I, I think maybe that's why yeah. it's kind of more <laughs> representative of just a general swath of uh, nerd culture. More people. Yeah, more people. yeah I don't know. I mean, it, it seemed like that was uh, one of the things where like the local game shop uh, back in the day uh, where you could go rent video games. I, f- I feel like they used to have people just hanging around playing Magic the Gathering. It's like a table out in the back kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like uh, I, I would be practicing playing the demo of uh, Mario sixty four, and uh, other people would be like playing card games, and I'd be like, "Man, those guys are nerds." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I feel like the I might be completely wrong, and I'm sure there's tons of people who are like in love with both or whatever. But it almost mm-hmm. feels like the cultures there have diverged a little, just in the sense that, like, I don't know. I feel like when I was young, you'd go into a game store, and they'd have almost like comic books on one wall figures on mm-hmm. another games on another mm-hmm. and then some some magic stuff in the back which is still kind of the case but maybe I, I feel like nowadays it's like you go into a store and it's either a video game store with like games and whatever yeah. led L, uh, tvs everywhere or it's a, a tabletop store and that's kind of their own thing it's almost like that crowd is a little bit too i don't know maybe they're a little smug towards the video game folks sometimes well i mean yeah maybe i don't know I, I i feel like it's a a, a paper versus a electricity culture or something like i i do feel like the the little statues not just like the the tiny ones that you paint for games but like the full-blown like 400 hundred dollar statues of like cloud fighting against sephiroth <laughs> uh like i feel like the comic book stores tends to have like the collectibles in the physical media a lot and then yeah i don't even know i i mean i guess i guess game electronics boutique which is now officially gamestop in canada uh I guess they're like one of the only video game stores I can even think of that still exists. Um, yeah. And I, and I mean, I guess to be fair, the last time I bought a Magic the Gathering deck, it was actually from there. Oh, wow. <laughs> they actually sell they, them. Yeah, they sell lots of, um, I don't know, those uh, pop, Popco, what's it? Funko? Funko, Funko Pop statues. They've got oh, like a wall I, of that. And then yeah. they've got like... <laughs> Those aren't for me. I never understood the appeal of like, I don't know, matching the original unique, interesting character design to that form and selling them in like little, uh, I don't know. It was weird. It, I mean, styles. I it seemed interesting when I first heard of it because it was like this thing where they were selling just the blank template 
models and people were buying those and then customizing them into their own things. Yeah, that's a and little it was different. Like, yeah. It was like this neat uh, crafting culture where people were like heating up knives and slicing the vinyl and modifying the and painting them and stuff. And that it somehow went from like this artsy thing to just like a uh, collectible landfill. Yep. <laughs> I don't even remember that like era. I didn't even know that that existed. To me, it's just always been like nothing but pre-characterized uh, uh, figures, not customizable stuff. Uh, I think they were called monies. I actually bought a, a couple of them at one point, um, and I started to use one, and uh, I didn't really basically do anything with it. Yeah, money. <laughs> Mini like, money. Like dollar money or like M U N E, M U N N Y by Kid Robot. Huh. Mun 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 <laughs> money. Okay, sure. Um, I don't know. I I remember uh getting a couple of those and I didn't really do anything with them. Uh, I think I got it like really close to just before moving. Mm. So I moved and then like two years later, um. I, I still did nothing <laughs> with the one that I'd opened. And then my wife opened up the second one and made me a Samus Aran in uh, the Varia suit. Nice. She uh, ended up doing it for you. Yeah. So now I've, I've got it somewhere. I don't see it. So I, I don't know what I did with it. it my desk has become a, a clutter of candy wrappers and stuff. So <laughs> that's probably buried. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've always really liked, um, actually I'm not so much into collecting figures and stuff. I feel like mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, you know me, I collect all these old games and I've kind of cooled on that and now I have them. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I haven't also been collecting figures and stuff this whole time. Cause I just have boxes of them that I, uh, feel guilty about getting rid of, but right. don't have set up or anything. Right. But I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I kind of get it. Like when I've walked into some super nerds room and it's like, covered wall to wall in transformers or whatever it's like hey cool right i don't want to maintain this i don't want to have this or you walk in the game room and they have an awesome uh, statue or something there's this guy i was just watching a youtube video and this guy is like a huge transformers nerd and he's always presenting the, the transformers finds he has i don't like watch this regularly but I, I i don't know i happened upon it and i looked at his channel and he had also just bought this brand new uh giant transformer statue that was five hundred dollars and came in parts and you had to put it together and it's like almost as tall as a, a person and i don't know if you mm. give the smallest shit about transformers but it's the constructicons uh devastator like the right, big, right. they all combine to make one giant one it looked cool but like i guess that goes back to us moving all the time like i'd have to <laughs> lug this thing around if i had it and where would you put it in your house like I, I don't know not not my culture necessarily i do like board games i do like uh board games card games that kind of thing um i know you're not the biggest fan I don't want to speak for you, but uh, I mean, I think part of it also just comes down to to the the people who you're friends with, right? Like, Probably I fair. I wouldn't be against playing games like mm. that, but I feel like um, like my family wasn't really that much into it. We played Monopoly growing up, and I hated <laughs> it. Sure. Uh, and then <laughs> and then to get away from Monopoly, I I turned to single player video games. <laughs> <laughs> escapism from monopoly that's kind of yeah funny. exactly 
I guess uh, for our, uh, our most um, devoted fans that have listened to all of these podcasts, uh, yeah. I think there's so a recurring and theme. I. <laughs> <laughs> and my uh, wife half listened to a couple of them. Okay. Um, yeah. My uh, uh, I, there's this uh, recurrent theme of me being like uber focused on kind of the game game part, and and yeah. I guess like you're a bit more comprehensive and, and care a lot more about. Uh, everything the immersiveness yeah everything <laughs> the flavor i like to almost uh not dismissively but uh, uh yeah, 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 separately yeah. assess it as right um but i guess what appeals to me about board games and card games and stuff is mm-hmm. that since they don't necessarily have the same um uh powers that a video game would have to mm-hmm. to drive the immersion piece the focus tends to be very much on making it a fun experience by making it a fun game right and mm-hmm. so like they have to work as a as a great um, uh, like the, the game mechanics, if you will, have to work really well to make the game fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have it just be fun because the music is great or it looks so pretty or like, you know, it's like a, a walking simulator and you can just lose yourself. Like in a board game where you're rolling dice, like you, you just, you know, you don't necessarily, I mean, maybe some people have pulled some crazy stuff off, mm-hmm. but generally that option isn't there so much. And so you make, uh, 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 you, you have to take it from the approach of like, the game is good because it's a series of very interesting choices. Mm-hmm. Let's make that as interesting as we can, right? And so uh, it's funny you call it Monopoly because I see like... Star Wars Monopoly and <laughs> Spider-Man Monopoly. I, I would say there's games that are successful at this and there's games that are not. But the thing is that the the more... It's like anything, right? Like the more complexity you bring in, maybe for like the devoted players, that makes every choice very interesting and it makes the game very deep, but it throws up this barrier of entry, right? And so like mm-hmm. something like Monopoly you know you could play it with your seven-year-old big deal and it's kind of like it's like beer pong or something like it's so dumb you just turn your mind off and have a half hour of arguably fun times and then move on right but like i think anyone who's really excited about board games and this kind of game would step beyond that and they'd be playing you know many of these whatever german games or Mm -hmm. or uh, what's that one that's super popular i don't even play enough board games despite the way i'm talking about them um uh, the pandemic one I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, there's a, there's one that's really popular. It's like the game actually changes as you play it. Like events happen. Right. And now, like, I forget, like a, com- a country gets wiped out. And so you put a sticker on the board because like mm-hmm. a, some disease has raged there. And it's like you never know what, what the next event is going to is gonna right. be. But pl- a playthrough is actually destructive. So, mm-hmm. so once you've played through it with your friends over however many hours, it's now done. The campaign is done. The board has been changed, altered permanently. You've ripped up cards or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's an interesting comment uh, concept. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think like for me setting out to build a successful physical game Mm -hmm. is a very different thing than building a successful video game. And I wouldn't make a weird argument that one is harder or easier or whatever. It's very much apples to oranges, but like, I guess just the things you need to get right when making a physical game to me skew more to that, that set of things that really appeal to me, right? Like the, the, the game mechanics and being forced into making really interesting Mm -hmm. choices constantly if you lack that in a board game you'll get bored right Mm -hmm. whereas like how many people just crunch through dungeons in final fantasy whatever and it's not like none of these choices are that interesting right oh another battle oh it's another goblin click 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 i just want to see the next cutscene and get my dopamine hit when my character's level goes up but like the actual battle isn't that interesting right Mm -hmm. um i don't know i just i guess to me uh, people who are very highly successful at developing board games, it's an interesting, I guess, skill set <laughs> you need, if that makes sense. Like, if you look at the people, like a lot of these board game designers, it's interesting because a lot of them are actually like 
mathematicians and stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, they hire people to do the art and they work on getting all of those pieces right as well. But you don't really necessarily see that so much in like game design, I guess, or like video game design, right? It's not like, uh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, there's there's totally uh, data analysis and, and stuff that's going on in games. Like Oh, in every, in every possible product yeah, like, analysis. Like, like, I'm, like there's, there's definitely the group of math people behind like a Candy Crush thing that are just like, how can we make this an <laughs> that's, addictive yeah, experience, yeah. right? That's, that's like data science crunching mm-hmm. uh, at Big Corp X kind of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining like an indie startup yeah. that's launching some sort of board game versus an indie startup launching like video games. Um, right. I don't know, just the character of the groups is different enough that it's interesting. And that's not to say that one is better or worse or because one is a little more like this. It's, it's, it's uh, I don't know, more legit or something. It's just kind of, just feel like the board game crew skews a little more mathy, techy um, in some interesting ways, I guess. Maybe that's not the case. I don't know. Maybe maybe all the video game designers are actually math people. I never really got that impression as much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to tell, right? Like there's... Um, uh, oh, man. I, I hate when I want to reference something. Doesn't Riot have like a, a big successful card game? Um, what is it? Something stone. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Bloodstone, Cold Hearthstone. Stone. Hearthstone, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, like there's there's some games like that. Uh, now I got to double check to see if that is right. It is Hearthstone, um, and I imagine the same type of people with the same type of mindset yeah. as like Magic are, are working on Hearthstone. Absolutely, yeah, it's a digital collectible card game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, in a way, video games are kind of a, a superset of board games, really, if you think about it, because you could digitize board games, and then there's a whole bunch of other moving pieces. Whereas mm-hmm. you can't necessarily adopt a video game so well into a board game though people have tried interestingly yeah yeah maybe it's a moot point i i just sorry go on it's 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 definitely a different set of mechanics uh and and complexity that can be built using one's method i don't know like that was one problem is i got a game a few years ago um uh again i'm bad with <laughs> names i never actually ended up playing it i think it's called like dungeon master or or uh, dungeon boss or something um boss dungeon maybe dungeon card oh look at that i'm looking it up the dungeon building card game yeah so there's a game called boss monster the dungeon building card game and i bought that uh, a couple years ago because uh, we had some friends here in Montreal, uh, I felt like, yeah, let's let's have some board game nights or something. And I got it, and it's a card game. I've never once played it. Um, <laughs> it it's a standalone card game with 155 games and uh, cards. And I guess the idea is like you're supposed to like someone's supposed to build a video game inspired dungeon, like a. a like a dragon quest style dungeon or something, uh, or I guess, um, wizardry or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you build this thing up and you plant traps and come up with monsters and, and stuff. And then your players are supposed to try to get through the dungeon and survive. And it's just like, it took like the, I, I never made it through reading the rules. Like it, it's, there was just so much, time invested before you can actually play the game that we never ended up playing it. Hmm. 
and and I feel like that's part of what is frustrating for me, even with like Magic the Gathering and stuff. Like there was, so so the way I got into Magic Gathering is I I, I did have a friend here in Montreal, and, and we kind of got into it together. Um, oh wow, and, that's recent then. Yeah, that's pretty recent. Like I had um, a couple decks when I was a kid, and uh, never really got into it like i played a game with someone in college and it's it's weird because it's like if you're getting newly into magic and you try playing with someone who knows what they're doing it's like they you've got a one of those pre-built starter decks and nothing else padding it out and then they've got something that they've been like crafting for a thousand hours and a thousand dollars probably uh and and it's just like you put the two decks together and they've got like some weird strategy that's going to stomp you out that you've, you've got no ability to counter because you you barely even know how your deck works right <laughs> yeah uh so it's it's there's like a huge skill wall with it like i think for the most part like a game like uh you know trouble or <laughs> you know that's something that you can play with your kid and anyone at all ages is going to have a pretty equal chance of winning and you you just shoot the shit while you're playing and, and have fun. Whereas something that's like based on strategy, it, it, it can be a rough skill wall to try to get into. Um, so so I, I never really got into it that much. And then for whatever reason, after moving here to Montreal, I went into like, I think it's Dollarama is the local... <laughs> dollar store uh and they were selling like a hundred mixed cards for like a dollar nice so i just bought like i don't know two thousand cards or something (laughs) jeez (laughs) and and then i just like took these like this like shoe box and i don't know it's like two shoe boxes worth of cards uh and i just started picking them out and sorting them and trying to come up with decks and so i've got let, let me see here uh, uh 17 decks like you curated 17 decks or you just yeah, kind of yeah. sorted them no i curated 17 decks so i've got like a blue a black blue a black green a black red a blue blue green blue green green <laughs> green red multicolored red white white black white blue white blue plus others white green and white red and so wow. it's just like and and so that was like I spent so much time doing that completely by myself and and I think that was like a oddly obsessive and interesting and stuff to just like have these I mean each deck is 60 cards right so mm-hmm. uh what's what's the math 60 times 17 is 1020 cards like trying to kind of re- have all of that in your head and figure out like how can i build these things in a way that's balanced so that no one deck is particularly stronger than the others uh and yet they all have like strategies and stuff to them that i don't know it it was it was like this web of of interestingness and i I almost that was like three years ago so i don't think i could tell you anything about any of those decks at this point (laughs) I mean, that's that's a a less usual approach. I'll say. Yeah, but but it, but it was fun. Like I built all these decks, and then what I did was I I uh, would go over to my buddy's place uh, once a week, and we would just each grab a random deck, and we would 
playthrough and we were trying to figure out like which ones are the best decks and and whatnot we had had like a little round robin uh and that was that was fun for me there was like two decks that were so sorry 15 of those i curated myself and two of them were starter decks that i bought at uh the eb games here in montreal and those two decks just fucking stomped all of the other decks (laughs) <laughs> i see <laughs> i mean it's kind of the way the game goes too if you can build a killer combo yeah yeah it's it's, it's how it flies but um, it, but it, but it, it's it's interesting because I, I did have a lot of fun just like crafting those if, yeah. out of like completely random things and i guess that was like mostly built off of like original rules so like it it I haven't kept up with any of what the the modern rules are with like commander mm-hmm. decks and stuff goes. I actually also haven't, to be honest. Um, uh, so it's I don't know. It's it's uh, it's weird because when you do get invested in a collectible card game like this, they they obviously want to change stuff up and force everyone to have to buy a new deck and stuff. And to me, it's like that idea of like. I I've got these seventeen decks and none of them are compatible with the new format. Why would I play the new format? I mean, there's you're not the only one, right? Yeah. I think there's people that uh, or like they they like a certain set. I mean, I, I'll I have a very rudimentary understanding if I'm entirely honest. Uh, but basically, it works in blocks, I guess. And so they come out with a new block. I believe is it once a year or once every once every however often. I think it's once a year. There's a new block that starts, and then they release the main block, and then three expansions, or maybe it's two. I don't remember, um, but um, you can always use any of basically the same block. And so, when an expansion comes out, it's kind of an expansion to your block. But when they move on to a new block, you can no longer use those cards anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I don't think it's like I don't think it's like okay, we're now in the new block, throw everything away. I think it's actually like a sliding window. Like you can always use anything out of the last three releases or something. And part of that, of course, is exactly as you you've said. It's like a business motivation to just keep things pushing but then that's that's also how they it's almost like um releasing a you know hot fixes to like a shipped game they they mm-hmm. like with if there's a balance issue then they push out the old cards slowly and of course they ban cards in real time and yeah. stuff but you can kind of like adjust the game over time but cards stay around long enough that it's not just like pop in pop out like a, a card could be like a few sets old but it's still legal for another few months um the way I play that I find the most interesting, I mean, you have a few, there's of course the f- a few different ways to play the traditional one being like, just, you know, you basically curate your deck to be whatever you want it to be. And so people would mm-hmm. like buy whatever cards specifically off eBay, or they just yeah. pour however much money and it becomes this kind of very rough, uh, like pay to play situation. That's not really, I, I don't like that, but I, um, I'm not I'm a fan of it. Yeah. Most people, I, I don't think anyone is <laughs> really right. It's, it can be kind of, fun you know just crafting your power deck and destroying people because you mm-hmm. you made the deck yourself you looked at all the cards that were out there and it worked and it's fun but i mean you know it, it does suck that you have to pay all this money to get the rare cards and ultimately you're probably beating people who just didn't have the the money to pay to keep up and it's like why am i paying like a hundred bucks for this when i could have not done that anyway the format i do yeah. like yeah right the format i do like is the uh I I don't even know the names, but the tournament format, basically like you buy one big box of all the different cards and you hand Mm -hmm. everyone who's involved in the tournament, like six packs and that's your deck go. 
And then every, um, like you do the round and every round you get a new pack. And so like you would craft your deck out of what you have. Everyone else is in the same boat. They have the same amount of cards as you. Some people would yes get luckier, no. of course. Um, yes and no, you said. Well, I mean, I, I, you, you were throwing in just as I was saying that, like, uh, um, some people are luckier than others. Like, that's that's the thing that I don't like about the format is just that, like, it's it's a weird game that, you know, card games are kind of supposed to be chance. But then this is also supposed to be strategy. And then it's just like some people are luckier with what their options are for the strategy. Yeah, I like that, actually. It's kind of like, um, I don't know. I used to play, whoa, whoops. I used to play like um, uh, NHL 94, like tournaments with people, mm-hmm. which is funny. But is that, um, that, that's the one where you just do the little wrap around the net. And the wrap around isn't as good as, uh, <laughs> it's really easy to get a breakaway. You just pass it to your fastest player and then you just do the exact perfect, like left and right deke and it goes in every time. Anyway, yeah. whatever. But um, <laughs> it's luck what team you get, right? And yeah. there's kind of an understanding. If you got the champion team that year, you're going to be super strong. If you get the shit team, you're going to be weak. And you can change things up, of course. Some people yeah. don't do it that way. They like rank people and then you know the stronger your rank the weaker the team you get but like it was always kind of fun to be basically handed a team and then just try and do as good as you could Mm -hmm. um i think you're right about uh just generally of course it's a card game like you shuffle a deck and draw cards there's an inherent element of chance in Mm -hmm. the vast majority of these games and i guess magic this format especially is is just by the means of like the fact that it's chance it's entirely random what cards you actually have available to you maybe the chance element is higher or it's it's very unbalanced i would say the the tournament of course gets more and more fair actually generally mm-hmm. as you play it because if every round everyone's getting another pack and another pack you know i mean yeah the the people who have no good cards will finally get their good cards the people who have good cards will get some duds it's just you know the more yeah. you continue to dole out packs the more it kind of slowly evens itself out yeah. but um and it, like you know if you don't like that you don't like that i, I totally see that yeah, yeah. uh but i don't know i, I guess i find that interesting basically yeah. working with what you have um, because each game is chance too, right? I've had yeah. weak decks and I've gone up against people who have won every game and they're very proud of themselves. And like the game we play together against each other, I win because they just get really poor draws. And so mm-hmm. it's like the, the chance doesn't just creep in at the deck building stage. It creeps in yeah. the actual game itself. Right. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a, a big part of the game, I guess. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's another i could probably talk all day about that as well like say uh, i don't know chess versus yeah basically any card game right oh. uh, yeah exactly uh, well <laughs> go is is over on the no chance side too right yeah yeah i'm i'm thinking like i don't know uh all kinds of stuff i guess but yeah like um basically any card game yeah mahjong mahjong is another fascinating <laughs> game because there's a lot of deep i guess rules and so deep strategies like the strategy tree is huge but yeah. it's completely luck what you're going to draw. The best you can yeah, do yeah. is very quickly because you're under time pressure. Mathematically calculate what the best like path to take is to get a winning hand, yeah. or take a risk and take a less likely but higher scoring hand and aim for that and just go 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 in real time, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean i i I want to pretend that I know what you're talking about because the only mahjong that I've played is just like the solitary version that you can play on your phone. <laughs> Yeah, the ones. Uh, so, so when it comes to like uh, caring about how long you take or anything, <laughs> uh, or or a, a hand, like I've got no concept of having a hand in it. I thought it was just like uh, you match stuff and remove it from the pile. 
No, I mean, to give you the very, very high level, it's basically just like poker, except poker, you have what, like five cards or whatever, and you have to like build a hand, you have to like, you get to throw cards away once, and then you pick up more cards, and you can try and build the best hand you can with that. I mean, there's a bunch Mm. of different poker rules, of course, and sometimes there's like the shared cards on the board and whatever. But if you think of it similarly, you have a very big hand, it's like 14 tiles, I think. And you have to build a hand, but you you can continually, continually throw down tiles, not cards, but you continually throw down tiles and pick new tiles. And everyone keeps rotating and doing that until someone gets a hand. So imagine poker if everyone just kept throwing down a card and picking up a new one until someone had a hand and they say, I have a hand, I win. <laughs> but it's 14 tiles. Anyway, it, it, but the, the way a hand is made is very, uh, is, is deep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, um, it's interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to maybe figure out the actual version sometime because yeah just searching for it like wikipedia says it's a three to four player game but i've only ever played the single player version it's not even that that's just using the that's like this yeah, yeah that's, it's the that's, tile set it's not the game right so yeah. it's uh, yeah anyway I, i've also played that game and, and my mom was crazy about it for a while so that, was, <laughs> that for me was mahjong for a very long time yeah as well excuse me um uh, my, yeah. my, my mom was addicted to minesweeper minesweeper yeah <laughs> yeah i guess i don't know i i'm very much i'm like a stickler for like um like rule sets that lead to interesting choices and yeah. so i mean chance or no chance is kind of what a lot of these games are that's what magic is um you know again that's like we kind of chuckle at monopoly but that's why monopoly is not as interesting the rule set doesn't really provide you with that much opportunity to make that many interesting choices like sure maybe negotiating with your friends for like a property trade or something can be fun it's everyone's Mm -hmm. having a drink and laughing it off but really it's not that deep right it's just like kind of a chummy game Uh, i would argue that like uh well both magic mahjong whatever they're they're a lot more there's a lot more of that and i really like that um yeah yeah well i mean that that was uh that was totally the thing that I found interesting when I did finally get into magic was just mm. that idea of the theory crafting. Yeah. Uh, like I, I enjoyed the deck building component yeah, like of the... it more than I play, enjoyed the actual playing of it. Cause I don't know. It's I like, kind I, of agree. It's like, I know that there are interesting combinations to be had and I'm kind of less interested in the fact that whether or not they'll happen is yeah. my chance. Totally, totally hear you. I mean, I've had some like literally like sweat beating down your face down to the wire magic games that make that element very fun for me, I guess. Yeah. But definitely the I like that it's multi-phase because you have the deck building portion mm-hmm. and then you have the, the actual play portion. What I like about the tournament format is that you go back and forth constantly. You yeah. build your deck, you play people, yeah. your weaknesses are exposed. So like you play somebody and they do some crazy combo on you and you realize you have no defense for it. Mm-hmm. So the next round you get a new pack. So, hey, new cards, I'm obviously going to switch these out. But then I remember what happened to me last time. I need a defense for that. Oh, whatever, whatever. And you, mm-hmm. you recraft your deck. And then you play again. And you recraft your deck. And then you re- play again. And so by the end, it's like everyone kind of has a strongish deck. Yeah. And they're all kind of different because we didn't all just go check the internet for the best possible yeah. deck and go buy those cards. It's just like yeah. what you have is what you have. Um, and it, I don't know, it just leads to some really uh, uh, interesting outcomes, I'd say. Um, and both the phases go back and forth, which is a lot of fun. I think. What what what's interesting is like where you were talking that very early on in this podcast how um, uh, I tend to be more into the flavor than you. It's like when it comes to magic that I mean I don't know how much you're into it or not, but I found that I wasn't I didn't care about the 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 artwork and stuff that's on it. Like like there's people that are like 
they follow the illustrators for Magic the Gathering. Like that's their thing. Yep. Um, they they want to buy the merch and stuff uh, and have the t-shirts and the the play mats and everything. For for me, it's like I didn't. I never read like any of the little <laughs> stories about what the cards are. Yep. It's like I was just looking purely at like the the numbers of like what does this do and and what's the effect it has. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. I mean, we could play Smash Brothers and strip away all the sprites and just have yeah, squares, yeah, yeah. right? So, and it would be the same game. Would it be as fun? I don't know. Some people maybe who maybe maybe some people hate how it looks and they'd be like, "Great, it's squares." I don't have to look at those awful Nintendo characters. Maybe yeah. some people would be like, "I hate this now." I think. Uh, it's interesting you bring that up. I was just going to say, I guess, like magic. I think I, I would, I would argue, is actually successful as like kind of like providing interesting flavor. Yeah. Uh, just because like they they hire professional artists, they they have enough fans. Like it's not just like any professional artist will do. Just go draw his yeah. cards. It's like they they make sure that they thematically get the the right people or whoever they think are the right people. Um, yeah. And like you know, it's kind of it's funny that like it's become. Like if you follow artists online, it's like a mm-hmm. lot of them do this and that and magic cards. It's almost like it's like one yeah. of the various avenues people actually, when they choose art careers, seek to kind of maybe it's like a holy yeah. grail. I've worked at Blizzard. Is yeah. that still a holy grail? I don't know. For some people it is. I've done magic cards. Yeah, you know. Um, for me personally, I don't know. I'm not as much a fan of like this like kind of the modern style that the vast majority of the cards have, which is just like this very... Uh, realistic but also very mm-hmm. it kind of all looks the same to me it's like this very realistic but like just just typical kind of digital uh or looking kind of digitalish uh fantasy art whereas like some yeah. of the older cards i just love the like they weren't nearly as realistic and a lot of people hate them because they, they look bad but they just to me they're more <laughs> like pen art and they look really c- cool like they're really stylized and fun like when i first got into the game as a kid and it was Ice Age. Like, it's funny now to look back at the Ice Age cards because honestly, like, half of them are, besides being just broken mechanically, like, they just honestly kind of look terrible. But, like, the ones that don't look terrible, they have this really cool, like, pen art style or, like, yeah. just various different. Like, some of them aren't, aren't really serious, but they're serious enough and then they look cool. Like, now everything is, you know, Muscle Man with the moon shining on him and whatever angle and it's ultra realistic. And that's cool, but it's yeah. nothing but that. And it's just not quite for me. I do love the really old styles uh, from a lot of like really old magic card art though. Yeah. I'm looking at some of that right now. Well, yeah. what's interesting is I've seen, um, so I, I guess two things flooding my brain simultaneously. Um, I, I ended up getting my kid, uh, the Pokemon game at Christmas time because he's, he's really in love with Pokemon. So we got the, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, an Eevee and a, a Pikachu deck and, and, spent a few days during the, the holidays playing that um i should probably dig that back out again at some point um but what's interesting is like the the how much the kids are into the pokemons <laughs> um, yeah. like i remember there were when my kid was one we went to a playground and he found one on the ground and it's well, like, like a stuffed animal or something no like one of the pokemon cards like oh, okay, yeah. so, like some people had brought their cards out to a playground and in in like a, a binder and had accidentally dropped one and it fell down and my kid picked that up and he's like one and he's looking at it and some kid came over and saw him with it and just is like talking to him about pokemon and i have to like 
after a couple minutes, I had to just be like, you know, he he's one. He doesn't understand you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I I was reading some, or someone had sent me some research uh, on like, I guess like what appeals to very small children, like literally one, two, and it's a lot of like circles and round shapes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And apparently, when they made Pokemon. They basically took all that research and said, "Well, let's make people. Let's make a huge set of characters out of this." Yeah, and it's been highly successful. So I haven't like gone and like, like I don't have data or anything. It just it from it's, it seems like it's legit. So there's something about the design of Pokemon that seems universally appealing to very small people. I guess once you're in, you're in too, right? Like, yeah. Like we all know who Eevee is. We all know who yeah. Squirtle is. Uh, you know, etc. So yeah. Speaking of which, I just uh, with my kid on the weekend, we finally beat Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. <laughs> finally? Like how many hours is it? Uh, it was like 40 something hours for that. But okay. you have to keep in mind that we also spent 40 some hours playing the exact same game last year, which was Pokemon Let's Go uh, Pikachu. <laughs> so, but he, he loved Eevee so much that he was he was begging for it for like... Uh, eight months or something and then i finally broke down and got that and caved played it with him <laughs> that's funny is it like the same game like yeah. exactly yeah i mean it's you've got eevee as your starter instead of pikachu and so you've got they're 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 both a unique pikachu and a unique eevee that have moves that none of the other ones in the game has so but, but effectively the whole rest of the game is the same Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I uh, I haven't been uh, playing too much lately. Oh, well, sad on me. That's, that's the end of the conversation, I guess. <laughs> Click done. <laughs> uh, we are coming up on time. Yep. Is there a conclusion to be had here? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I so just to 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 admit how pathetic I was with that. Uh, magic game there's a, a a program you can get called forge that lets you build your decks digitally and then like play against an ai mm-hmm. and so all of those decks that i built i rebuilt digitally and i played against the ai a total of 1162 times like you play it or can you just click go and it plays on no I, AI I, per- I personally played that many games against the ai wow really wow <laughs> when was this what were you doing at the time this this was that's a significant time commitment this was i think 2017 2018 wow yeah and uh what's your record um I, well i mean i did five games with each deck to see how many times the deck would win or lose against the other decks mm-hmm. um so so my record was with the black and green deck that i said that was overpowered uh that won 72 times and lost 12 times Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> bragging points i i still remember some of my top uh decks i'd made um there was one with a uh bitter blossom it's kind of a famous card you could basically get in a scenario where you had it, it combo with another card and you could make the, all and basically as many one one fairies that fly as you want but mm-hmm. then they also became plus one plus one for every other fairy mm-hmm. so you'd have 20 of these and they all fly and they're all 21 21s and it's like you the other person is dead in one second right and <laughs> so that that won almost every time i don't know if i've ever had as good a deck nor did i put it through an ai engine but <laughs> uh, uh you should uh make sure you save your decks maybe we can challenge them off against each other 
Well, I mean, I've I've got them all in in paper. I don't know if I still have the digital version saved. Unfortunately, pull out, pull out your best one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I got to run. Okay. Well, good chatting as always. Yep. Sweet. Adios. Adios. <laughs> Take care.